Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. You can save yourself a ton of wasted time by comparing what you're doing to other people. Uh, don't don't look over uh, don't look over at the other students' papers, <laughs> and write and write 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 your stand up write your write write you know like I make I make my living doing other things so I can make my movies you know it's only uh, it's only been the past year or so where everything's shifted where now I'm I'm being paid as a storyteller, but I had to tell these stories and I would have shot them on an iPhone if I had to. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. So excited this week with Bobcat Goldthwaite. Amazing. Part one we had on Monday, and you're about to hear part two. And this guy is truly one of the greats and has had an amazing, amazing career. I'm so grateful that you're so supportive of the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. And if you are in Montreal this summer at the Just for Laughs Festival, I'm doing a podcast live with Kenya Barris, the executive producer and creator of Blackish. It should be amazing. There's limited tickets. You can go to hahaha.com and get them there. Love to see you. Love to talk to you afterwards. And also going to be at the Boston Comedy Festival. Uh, you can go to laughboston.com. I'll be there the first week in September doing a podcast with a special guest. And I'm also going to be doing some daytime workshops. I wanted to go back home to my roots in Boston. Some of the greatest comedians in the world were there. And they asked me to come back and do some things for the people in that area who want to know more about the business and have a leg up on how to get to the next level and it was an honor to say yes and before i go any further as you know i always look at my guest and think of something to say that's going to tie in to the show and the biggest thing i take when i sit across from bobcat goldthwaite is the fact that it's a very odd thing sometimes when you're sitting across from somebody who you knew 30 years ago 
somebody who lived in your apartment with you, somebody who shared stage time with you as a stand-up comic. When I think about him in all of those moments, was this amazing comic relief benefit show on HBO. And he was wearing a one-piece suede jumpsuit with the fringe coming off like those Native American boots. And he came out and he started to do his act and he broke down a little bit and he said, I can't do my act. You know those people who can't sing unless they get into a shower and they sing amazingly? Well, that's me. I can't tell my jokes. I can't be funny unless I'm in the shower. So could you bring out the shower? And the stagehands proceeded to bring out a bathtub with a plastic curtain around it and a shower. And Bob went around the back. He took off the jumpsuit and hung it over one of the poles and climbed in the shower on a live comic relief broadcast, turned on the shower, and it was freezing cold. And he started doing his set in the shower. It was one of the most innovative and unique performances that I've ever seen in my career. Every time he creates something, whether it be a stand-up, whether he's directing something, writing a script, putting a documentary together like Call Me Lucky, which you have to see about the life of Barry Crimmins, to Misfits and Monsters, which he's doing right now for True TV, which you can catch every week this summer. He's just doing unique and special things. He's not resting on his laurels and just doing one thing. No, he's not just out there performing. He's writing. He's producing. He's directing. He's creating. He's forming relationships. He's taking every aspect of every single strength that he has in his artistic repertoire and using it to his advantage to create extraordinary content that inspires the world. And if you can figure out a way not just to go one direction, not just take one talent of yours, but figure out how to take them all and really, really build your expertise in all of them to the point where you're a master in so many different avenues of your life and your business, I guarantee you, you will have the possibility of having the kind of career that Bobcat Goldthwaite has. Here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Now Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. I want to go way, way back. And I want you to take me back to what kind of socioeconomic dynamic was at home in Syracuse and what your inspirations were for getting into this crazy business. And tell our audience how the first incarnation 
of the character came about? Well, I came from working class. My dad's a sheet metal worker. My mom uh, worked at Sears. I went to Catholic school. Uh, spent a lot of time where my dad was unemployed because of strikes and things. He was a fierce, uh, 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 fiercely strong union man. And um, but he was also bananas. Like he would do these things like it was almost like well it wasn't it was performance art in a weird way like he would say he's going to jump off the top of the refrigerator into a can of mayonnaise a jar of mayonnaise from the refrigerator and he'd wear like a helmet and have a cape and everything and he'd have all the neighborhood kids and he would do it dead serious and people would be freaked out and he'd build it up to this point where everybody's like really out of their minds with anticipation. Then he'd go, oh, is that Hellman's? It's got to be Miracle Whip. It, but he would do these things over and over. Uh, when I was really little, they were scary. And then when I caught on, I was just like, oh, that, that's how you do comedy. You just don't let people in on the joke because <laughs> my dad would do that. So Ever. the first time you went on stage was... was probably like when I was like 13. You know, 13. But, but like going in on in between bands. Were you just doing it as the bobcat that I... No, I'm... no. It'd be like props and conceptual stuff. Much... But not the character. No, but then I... Then one night at the at the, under the stone in Skinny Atlas, I just went up as a guy who said he had seen Bigfoot and was all nervous and terrified, and that was the the germ of that. I'm sorry to embarrass you, but I remember this as well in that routine that first night. My brother and I went out in the woods, and he knows the Bigfoot mating call. You want to hear it? Hey, here it is. Hey, Bigfoot, want to get lucky? <laughs> That was the joke, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> Probably. Uh, and it killed. It killed, but uh, we were naive people then. You know, so, so yeah, I'd be like, me, me, me. It would take forever. My, 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 my brother, me, me. And then people just just spit it out. And then um, uh, I know what I saw, but it was no bear. <laughs> so that was the first time you tried it. Yeah, and then I was just like, well, I, I always liked people, even if it was uh, – uh, Lou Costello, even uh, or or even more extreme, like Brother and Theodore. And I like people that were in character, so and it's much safer and more comfortable. So I just started saying, "Well, what if that guy started doing stand up?" And that was around eighteen or so, seventeen, eighteen years old. We all know a lot of comedians who have chosen to do a character that's a part of their persona internally, but not out in the open. I truly believe you're the only guy who literally could do straight stand-up without the character because your material is so powerful. Well, I, it was always a weird thing because it's like, you know, my first HBO special, I'm on stage talking about the Iran-Contra scandal, and I'm in this character. So sometimes I think, you know, I, I don't really worry too much about how people think of me or remember me but but there was always like content that i think people who like to use my name as a punchline were only familiar me with me from movies that i necessarily wouldn't watch so so the stand-up always had content you know this is what i find is funny you know i was at the the march in la last week by the know. way i never ever felt anybody used your name as a well punchline. but i as a guy who was on the road for a million years you know i would always get that you know, doing the wacky morning shows you know and uh and it's okay it didn't it was it was just like you know they they have one perception of me and and they weren't aware of the either the the material i had or the stories i tell and 
I, I, I think that's what that first episode of Bubba's about. You know, it is that frustration probably. Like when Trump first got in office and I went to a, a, a rally, um, I had like all these people uh, really angry. I had, and I was uh, very vocal at my disappointment with him being elected president. And that's a tough choice. If you're Bill Maher and you get political, no one cares. Right. But if you're a comedian or you're Sarah Silverman or you're Bobcat right. Goldplate, you're losing 50% of your audience, which right. is tough. But that's, you know, I want, or you, or, but it's, it's, it's honestly, you know, if, if my daughter ever has kids and they look back at this point in history, you know, I, I want them to know that, you know, where grandpa was on what side it was, you know, it's it, 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 so that that I feel there's an obligation. So initially I was getting death threats and things on Instagram because I don't I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I don't ch I choose not to argue with strangers. I like my the products I make, the stand up or the movies or stories I tell. But. The, last week, the funny thing that hit me was this one guy goes, I didn't know Bobcat was a liberal. Uh, I'm going to unfollow you as if like that's the worst thing you could do to anyone. And I'm like, my initial thought was I used to play arenas. Millions of people have unfollowed me. <laughs> You're really late to this. You're about 20 years late to this train. <laughs> so uh, I've always kind of. Maybe it's self-indulgent, but I've kind of... Some of the things were popular and some were not, but I always was trying to... Not always. Often I was trying to uh, entertain myself or be, you know... you know. It's a, I, I've never been worried about mass appeal. That happened as a weird thing. That was a weird byproduct. Now, does it blow you away because you have peers in this business who I know you respect their stand-up? Mm -hmm. I'm going to mention two of them. And they are diametrically in the different direction than you. Nick DiPaolo and Dennis Miller. When you know of their content, what they do on stage, not having anything to do with politics, you embrace and you know they're two of the most original and unique and special people in comedy. And then they come out as Republicans, and then they do radio shows. How do you handle that? Well, I I, I support people's of uh, uh, freedom of speech, and you know the the and I don't attack them for it. But I, I this is just a whole n new thing, you know. Like I was just saying, like when I was a kid, uh, I talked about every administration in my act, you know. Um, I did material about uh, not being thrilled with Obama, you know. Uh, I've never been a fan of the drone strikes and things. And so the difference is, is when you talk about the current administration, it's not, it, you know, it is, it's, you do get death threats. So, um, and you do get people really mad and you do alienate a large chunk, but it, it's just, you kind of have to be responsible. I can only, Did you, you know, get death threats to... when you were saying things against Obama? No, no. Or Reagan or, or Clinton or, you know, so this, there's this whole mentality that, you know, I'm anti-Trump and uh, no, no, not anti-Trump that I hate Trump, Trump haters. It's like, 
I don't have time to hate Trump. You know, I hate the policies. I hate what's being done. I hate the intolerance and I hate the bigotry and the hypocrisy. But I don't wake up going, oh, I hate Donald Trump. You know, I've never took him serious. He's, you know, he seems vicious and incompetent, but I don't, I don't, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, the opposite of love isn't hate. It's, 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 it's not caring about someone and that that's where he falls in my mind you know but you know the guys you you brought up i will say this you know um i do respect their their courage to say how they feel and what they believe in um knowing that it 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 is risky so so yeah that's where i I would say that about those about those guys hey everybody let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey, everybody. I just want to tell you about a great product called Boku Superfoods. I just met with the owners of the company, and I was just blown away by their products. They have the purest, most potent, and delicious superfood blends on the planet where you just add any liquid you want, and you can make delicious blended drinks or smoothies that taste great and are so incredibly healthy. Certified organic kosher vegan Boku Superfoods is changing the game for thousands of people all over the world and I'm confident it'll change your life so much that I worked out an unbelievable deal with the owners. Just go to BokuSuperfoods.com, that's B-O-K-U Superfood.com, look for the three-pack trial, enter the promo code Barry at checkout, pay a minimal shipping fee, and get a full week supply of Boku Superfood and Super Protein for free and experience the difference of how it makes you look and feel. I use these products, and I'm telling you, after you use them, you'll understand why Boku is the number one family-owned superfood company in the world. One of the things that I was privy to with you, because we lived together in the early years in Boston. <laughs> yes, because I was is... a freeloader. I, I painted your apartment, but I don't know how good it was. <laughs> that was funny. You started painting a wall. It came out. You were lying on the couch. You're like, oh, I can't do this. You can throw me out of I just can't do this. But the point I was trying to make is one of the things that I dealt with with you that I never remember understanding because maybe I was sheltered was alcoholism and here there was a teenager that I knew (laughs) 
who was struggling with alcohol and, and certain drugs where there was one party where the people that booked you the most, you <laughs> yeah. threw their VCR out the window. And back then they cost $450. Oh, no, it cost more than that. It's like about $1,200. In my defense, that VCR made the first move. <laughs> that, that VCR had an attitude and had been staring at me all night. I'll show you. I'll show you blinking 12. I just had never been around people who drank. Well, I was but, still... but, but that scene then, I mean, everybody was drinking and taking drugs. And when I stopped, people thought I was like, uh, what, you know, what, what is he doing stopping? You know, it was just like it wasn't that. There's always a point in time, like there's 24 hours or 48 hours or a week before you stop. I had stopped. That was my third time stopping. And the 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 real part that that was the the bottom as folks say wasn't all the fireworks cuz i would i get drunk and pick fights with cops and go to jail and have jimmy tingle pick me up out of the watertown clink jimmy tingle now running for office in massachusetts yeah, he picked me up so i could go play nicks <laughs> still tripping balls out of jail and they go and the cops are like he really is a comedian cuz you know when, <laughs> I'm just like, do you know who I have? <laughs> I have an audition for the Letterman show. So um so I I the real reason I think in hindsight is is uh what why I stopped was the last time I didn't get drunk. And that was terrifying. The last time I drank, I didn't get drunk. So here was this thing that I was using for an escape and as a blanket, and that didn't work anymore. So for me, I was so depressed at that point. The other choice was killing myself or or I don't know where, madness. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do. Obviously, there's two kinds of depressed. There's depressed, woe is me, and, and they're suffering from depression. Which the, one is? This was definitely suffering from depression because I could not see any light. Except when you were on stage. But even that didn't matter towards the end. I was, it wasn't even my act. It wasn't me. But I, I, I started drinking during my sets, which was really strange for me. That was when I really didn't care about that anymore. Um, and comics are so driven. So when you think about that, that's pretty weird. But, I mean, for years I never talked about the fact that I'm sober because I, because I just, it was always, it's a very private thing for me. But... But, you know, now it's been 37 years, so without a drink or a drug. So I don't think it's an achievement, but I, I kind of don't. If that gets out publicly, it just dispels some of the rumors and theories I've heard about me that, like, when I set The Tonight Show on fire, like I was on drugs or something. <laughs> it's like, no, that's just that's just, just and rage and being self-destructive. But... But it wasn't because uh, I was fueled on drugs or something, you know. Tell our audience the first show you did completely sober. Did you notice anything different about no, the show? No, I don't remember that. I was worried if I could go back to work because the the one club, and I won't mention, doesn't matter, doesn't exist maybe, but... but the bartender was a drug dealer, and I was just like, oh, I'm, you know, and then I remember that I don't have to be there, that I could always walk out, that I could always leave. Kind of like this interview. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here to get a bump. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Talking about what you talked about in that Boston comedy scene, 
first time I ever saw cocaine. I'm not going to mention the comedian that was doing it. They had ripped a 8 by 10 photo off the wall, and they were doing lines on it, and there was blood all over the frame. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good opening scene. I remember at the Ding Ho, uh, there was a, a walk-in freezer that people would uh, chop lines on the pork ribs. <laughs> Cutting lines because it'd be the only, it'd be the big. I just, that's terrible. Like some family going out for ribs and they're all gacked out of their minds. Did you find that it was difficult in Boston? Here you are, you've finally gotten yourself in a place where you're ready to spend the next 37 years in that place, yet you're working and in dressing rooms, you're sitting there and people are just completely over the top and do they look at you funny do they hide it from you what did they well i I, you know i when i came to boston even though i was embraced and i got work and i had friends like you and tony v we were the outsiders we were definitely the 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 dorky young guys you know so i always felt like an outsider i remember when you auditioned for letterman i'll never forget this but i remember i didn't do bits because i had auditioned a whole bunch and i just really didn't give a fuck anymore so you went on you took the risk you got the show and I remember that the word got out that you got the show. And I hope Lenny Clark forgives me for saying this. <laughs> I heard him saying, talking to a group of people, Sweeney, Gavin, DJ Hazard, this phrase, it's not his time. It's not his, it's not his turn. It's not his turn. But uh, rightly so. I mean... Because uh, they've been working for years. And Lenny ruled that city. I mean, he was, you know, uh, uh, the term is corny and overused, but he was a rock star. He was a god in that. So all of a sudden this kid comes in, works here for, you know, a, less than a year, and now he's on Letterman. I can understand his frustration. To put in perspective what Bob's saying about Lenny Clark is I paid Lenny $1,000 every other Saturday night to do three shows at my club, Plating and Sam's, which was a shithole, tiny place. But he would pack in the people and make more money than I've ever made in my life in a club. This is when most comics were making $25, $40 a set. you know, that's a good example of what you were talking about earlier, you know, um... I love Lenny. I have a fondness for him. Now, politically, we couldn't be further apart, but I truly love Lenny. In fact, I I have an idea for a project that I'd like to make with Lenny someday. Um, So, I mean... There, so the idea that that yeah, just little I, you know, there there was um, Franz Almeida made a movie and that's in the movie that that the other guys were upset and but when you see the movie you would think that we hated each other and and the reality was I I saw that movie with Lenny and we sat next to each other and we laughed and uh and I'm like uh you know I'm going yeah I'm kind of obnoxious you know. <laughs> It wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, I was like, uh, uh, I go, yeah, I totally get it. And and we are, you know, very good friends. So this is another risk you take. You're in Boston. You're taking the town by storm. You might not think you are, but you did Letterman. Not one of the comics, I think, in Boston did Letterman before you. You are there. And then you take a risk and you pack up. And you go to San Francisco where no one really knows your comedy. But I just felt it was, uh, I didn't, I never had an interest in being a big fish in a small pond. Uh, 
and, and it even applies to Hollywood. I've never been interested in being a big fish here. I've always just wanted to do my own thing on my own terms. Hey, everybody. I've talked a lot about AquaTrue on this show, the amazing water purification system that's literally a miniature water cooler in your home that purifies the water in a way that no one else has ever figured out how to do. It's this incredibly efficient piece of equipment, and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. You just take it out of the box, plug it in, put your tap water in it, and it takes out all the bad chemicals and gives you the best and healthiest water you can ever imagine, saving you thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store. I have one at my house and office, and everyone who uses it orders one, and you should too. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, and if you act now, you can get $100 off and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had, and never waste another dollar buying bottled water again. Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor that I'm really excited about, For Hims. It's a one-stop shop for men regarding hair and sexuality and much, much more. It's common knowledge that we guys don't take care of ourselves as well as women do. For instance, 66% of all men lose their hair by age 35, but don't notice it until it's too late. But now there's a product that could prevent balding altogether. 4hims.com offers a wide range of products for hair loss, skin care, and other wellness supplements for men. 4hims.com will connect you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to prevent hair loss fast. So order now and get a special deal offered only to my listeners and go to 4hims.com slash Barry, that's B-A-R-R-Y, and you'll get a trial month of 4hims for just five bucks. This would normally cost you hundreds of dollars. So just visit 4hims.com slash Barry and get the deal of a lifetime. And I guarantee you, you will not regret it. One of the things you did that was also an original thing that comics weren't really known for. You got to San Francisco and there was a radio DJ, I'll never forget, his name was Alex Bennett. And you started going on his show and radio changed your entire career yeah, in terms of from, that place. Because I'd go on there like two, three times a week and then uh, I developed a big following and again, in tr true fashion, when people were coming out because they would hear me on the radio and they wanted to see me, I started performing my sets in a cardboard box. And I wouldn't come out. <laughs> the crowd would be really mad. You know, like right now I'm nervous because this TV show is, is, is you know, I, I was given a chance to make the series I want at True, and now they're promoting it, and they're, ha they're very kind having a big premiere and everything, and... This is the part where I usually, you know, would <laughs> would burn it to the earth, you know, uh, which I won't because uh, uh, it's it's nice at fifty six to kind of have it together a little bit more than you had. But I, it's been a long it's been a long journey to to get to the point where I am uh, fulfilled. You know that that's the thing. I think a lot of comedians think uh, there's always a bigger goal you can achieve in stand-up 
So how are you going to be fulfilled? So I just started writing and making my own things way outside the system. Which is the metaphor which every artist out there listening should do. No, but people and people go, well, it was easy for you. And it's like, eh, you know. It was easy for you? Well, they think because, you know, you have the connections, you're in the business. Do you have the connections when you did Shakes the Clown? Yeah, I had more juice then when I did Stay or, or Sleeping Dogs Lie. That was like, I did it with a crew from Craigslist and shot for 20 grand. I mean, you know, and... And then it went on and got in Sundance, which was crazy because uh, I really didn't have any expectations. I mean, that, 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 I've had all these things that just changed my life, you know, and that movie and, and Jimmy Kimmel hiring me as a director was uh, another thing, you know, because I couldn't get work as a director after Shakes the Clown. And Jimmy hired me to go on and do segments on The Man Show. And he was nervous because he thought. <laughs> He didn't know if I was going to go over budget. But that was like my comedy uh, ER because it'd be like, all right, we're doing a sitcom parody and now we're doing Man on the Street and now we're doing found footage and hidden camera and now we're doing a, a commercial parody and this this one's going to be shot in film. This is going to be... And, and so I, I'd be running back and forth in all these editing booths and, and, and cutting stuff. And I think that was with the hours that I put in to, to kind of hone my craft. Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. I'm going to mention some names. Tell me what comes to mind. It could be a sentence, a story, anything. Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. Well, I mean, that's a big one. I mean, I, I met Kurt before they broke. He liked my stand-up. Which I always think is funny for people to find out that it's like finding out that Jimi Hendrix really loved Buddy Hackett. You know, it, it's like, well, but Kurt really liked my stand up and he interviewed me in a college radio station in Arbor where the, they were playing. And Dave hadn't joined the band yet. And, um, and then, like, uh, I remember Tony V and I listening to the, he gave me the Bleach CD and we're going, these guys are pretty good. You know, we're going, rock, rock sucks because you'll never hear from these guys. And then Smash Cut, I'm up on stage opening for them, uh, getting hit with M80s and boots. And a lot, a lot of comics are like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, I wouldn't be heckled. And, oh, it's hard. You know, people, I shouldn't say comics, lay people think, oh, what would you do if you got heckled? It's like, I've been hit with a teenager. Like, they would, <laughs> they successfully throw teenagers out of the pit and would hit me. So when you say Kurt, uh, he wasn't like a, he wasn't like a, he wasn't like someone like Robin, who I, I did speak to all the time. And but Kurt and I on that tour, I I did get close with him. I did spend time with him. I just found him really sweet, and I, and um, and uh, kind of misunderstood. Like sometimes he would say stuff, and I think people would put too much weight into it. I remember Marilyn Manson eventually did a version kind of of this video, but. But we were talking, he wanted the, the video for all apologies just to be him drunk at a party with a gun. And I said, well, what if we do a video where you're Lee Harvey and you open up the rifle case? Because we we're talking about how MTV didn't want guns on MTV. So I said, what if you open up the rifle case and there's, you assemble a pie and Chris and Dave are Jackie O and Kennedy. And then the you throw a pie and the meringue is the back of Kennedy's head and... Um, 
his manager said, you guys don't get the tour together anymore. Like that was like the, <laughs> the end of us sharing a bus. But um, very sweet. I, I really loved him. He's a sweet guy. The late Barry Crimmel. Well, Barry, uh, like I said, I made that movie and, you know, he just passed away. And I was, uh, his wife Helen and I, I was there for him leaving. And I never, that's an honor. That you I, were there when he was dying. Yeah, I spent the last three days with him, and and um, I don't know. I mean, I've, this story is one I tell, but I, you have to understand that I held him in my arms for times, and I was. I remember one point when he was finally, because it's Barry. It took a lot of took a lot of drugs to knock him out while he was on his way out, because he's just he's a bull, you know. Um, but I remember at one point I was. You have to know Barry. You know Barry. So, so and I, I just, I just was cradling his head, and I put my hands through his hair, and I was like, it, "It's, it's okay, sweetie." And then I looked at Helen. I said, "Yeah, he's gone because he should have punched me in the mouth." <laughs> you know, calling Barry sweetie <laughs> kill you. But uh, yeah, so I was there, and it's. Uh, uh, I get it now. Like I've heard people talk about, uh, and I've heard hospice workers talk about the honor of of it. It's it, it kind of changed my life again. He he changed my life again. So watching him leave changed my life again. Last name on this list: Robin Williams. Well, so Robin was like. Uh, it's funny. I don't. I talk about him sometimes. I talk about him on my own terms because. There's documentaries and movies, I mean, not movies, but uh, documentaries and, and books, and I have chosen not to be part of them, but sometimes I will talk about them, but, and, I've, and I'm not sure why I've said no to all those other things. I think it has to do with the whole world has a perspective on him, and the part of, uh, we were close because we had private conversations that weren't open to the public. But, you know, I, when I do talk about him, I mentioned that he had Lewy body dementia, which is a form of dementia that was misdiagnosed as Parkinson's. And, and I know that he was not processing reality anymore. Uh, you know, he was going to two different doctors and then medical doctors, and he was doing a lot of—he just was, you know. So he fought— He's a comedian, so we're always fighting it. And he fought depression and demons for all those years. This was something different towards the end of his life. But people will go, oh, you guys are you know, best friends. Did he ever talk to you about suicide? I'm like, we're, we're, we're comedians. We talked about suicide for 31 years. You know, Sometimes we talk about other things like, uh, hey, congratulations, you got an Oscar. <laughs> How would you do it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, car? I think I'd do it with a car. But... Uh, you know, Bear, you know, uh, uh, I met Robin at 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 the connection, the comedy connection, in Boston. Yeah. I didn't know that. When remember he was doing, I think he was filming Garp in the other side of the state. That would make sense. And he and uh, the guy who ran the connection was like, Robin Williams is coming in. I don't want him to see you because <laughs> I was in like a, a that was when I was in that powder blue leisure suit phase and and I would wear like eyeliner and mascara so I was in that kitchen and then he comes in and it's just me and him standing there like he was hiding from everyone and he's just standing there and he's like what are you doing here and I go they 
they didn't want me to meet you. I said, well, why not? It was just really weird, you know. And, uh, um, and then when I moved to San Francisco, he started coming to my shows, and he wouldn't say hi. It was really funny. I'd just hear him laughing in the back, and I was like, I don't know. But he, he, I think, he, you know, if we start at a place where I say people told you not to meet me, and then, yeah, I guess he could, I could see. That just finally made sense forever. I didn't understand why he didn't talk to me when we first come to the shows. I just want to share another groundbreaking product with you. It's a revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates. And I'm talking about the air doctor. The air inside our home can be up to a hundred times more polluted than the air outside. But with the air doctor, you don't have to worry about it as it removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses and so many other contaminants that circulate throughout our homes. Till now, the only thing that could come close to this product were systems that cost thousands of dollars. But now you can get the Air Doctor for a fraction of the cost, normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and get rid of all the bad toxins in your home. I'm telling you, I have this product. It really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. Your proudest moment in show business. In show business. Um, I have to say it w- would have been the screening of Call Me Lucky at Sundance because for a lot of reasons, but for, you know, Barry's a an abuse survivor and that plays into the story. And, um, and then he w- w- kind of became a bit of a r- recluse and to stand there and watch him get multiple standing ovations so to be able to say, hey, not only do we accept you, we, we, we love you. And to, to, that was like, I, I can't think of a, a, a more powerful moment. I mean, I was, I was crying. But I still get, I'm lucky, you know. When I, I, I had, you know, directing Patton's last special, you know. Patton Oswalt. Yeah, doing his, you know, and, and that was not an easy special for him to do. And to be a little bit of the part that helped him put it out there and to again that was another emotional thing you know and because it, of for the audience patents lost his wife and yeah. just, this was his first special right and so and he knew he was going to address it and he worked on how he was going to do it but he had never really strung the whole set that set you see that uh, is the first set and then he it's just super powerful and then we just uh, he, we both started. We were, it's funny. We we're kind of both being toughies, and then we both just broke down in tears after he did the first set. Um, so I have a lot of of uh, moments that are. Uh, it's funny. We're talking about what I'm proud of, and it's it's been times where I've got to facilitate people whose careers and material and who they are I admire. So those have been the my coolest achievements your biggest disappointment in show business and how you used it to fuel yourself to the next level 
Well, I mean, I was just angry for for 20 years in show business because of my perspective, you know? I, I So, um, you know, I guess, like, naively just thinking, well, I'll be in a movie and then they'll listen to me and I'll ad-lib. And, and it was, I did a talking horse movie and it put me in comedy jail, but it, it made me go, oh, I, if if I, now not for everybody, but if I'm going to be, uh, have a say in the stories I tell and who I am, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to, write the stories and direct them and control the the reins. So that changed my career in life. It was really weird making that movie for a lot of reasons. But one the saddest part, like I'm I really do love animals and they would uh hit that horse in the mouth to make it look like it was talking, you know. It was so that's one of the weird things about the work environment, but I was talking to Romney. He's like, how's it going? I go, it would be like doing Mork and Mindy. And when they said action, someone punched Pam Dauber in the mouth. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) Last question. What advice do you have for the young person in some small town somewhere across the country who has a dream of being a performer and how they get to the next level, not only as a stand-up, but as a writer a director, a producer, right. a creator, and to have the kind of career that you've had? Well, uh, I don't know if you'd want it. It's been so bananas, this ride. But I think if, if you know what's funny? It's like you see guys that you're like, you go, oh, look at that guy, and he got the show, and he, you know, and then I had this moment. I was working on Marin's show, his TV show. I, I directed some of that. I was having the, it was really hot, and we're in this little tiny garage. Ray Romano was on the show, and I'm with Ray, and I, I didn't know him that well. And I was like, I always kind of admired him, and then sometimes been a little jealous. And then we're sitting in this garage, and I'm like, going, hey man, it, we're both in the same garage. We both ended up here. We're both, you know, just trying to do our best. It is a shift in my perspective. But if you're the the big thing is uh, you can save yourself a ton of wasted time by comparing what you're doing to other people. Uh, don't don't look over uh, don't look over at the other students' papers <laughs> and write and write, write, write your stand up, write your write, write. you know, like I make. I make my living doing other things so I can make my movies. You know, it's only uh, it's only been the past year or so where everything's shifted where now I'm I'm being paid as a storyteller. But I had to tell these stories and I would have shot them on an iPhone if I had to. So just keep creating, keep making and and try if you can not to compare yourself with other people because it's just going to be boring. And also don't this is more of a artistic one. Um I try to stay away from the things that I'm writing so we were talking off the air you know the new show gets compared to black mirror um and i I had to stop watching that show because i didn't want to ever be derivative of it you know so you just kind of always just try to do your own thing bobcat this has been really amazing i'm very grateful that (laughs) it's a pleasure meeting you barry cat (laughs) it's been a long time but if it's not evident to you i have so much respect well you have an encyclopedia knowledge of my career so uh uh it's uh 
It's crazy. I should have people call you when they want to talk to and when they want to do the uh, do do these interviews lately. I'll be available. Thanks, right. buddy. Thanks, man. Okay, I'm going to scroll through the list of people who sent me a message, and one of these people will be a lucky winner, and they'll get to attend a podcast live with one of my guests, meet them, shake their hand, ask them a few questions, or else if they're out of town, out of state, or out of the country, we'll Skype them in or FaceTime them or anything like that so they can be there. Why not? So let me look here randomly and pick somebody. All right, landing on 202-807-131039. This is July 13th, 2018. The heading reads, Jack Review, five stars. And it reads, star production value, star entertainment value, star-relevant topics that possibly impacts listeners, star-structured response to listeners' questions, star-tailored responses to listeners' questions. Let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five stars. Ah, he tied it all in there. Wonderful. Thank you so much, 202807131039. I really appreciate it. You are a winner. And that wraps up part two of our podcast. I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with Wondery. Check out their lineup of some of the greatest podcasts in the world at Wondery.com. And AquaTrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code Barry and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKillJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And Good Company, an extraordinary web series on YouTube that host Scott Bowling created where you can watch music interviews with incredible artists talking openly about their journey in the music business. If you like a great in-depth music interview where you can hear about each album in chronological order and what the artist experienced along the way, this is the show for you. Interviews with incredible talents like Michael Sweet from Striper, Clinton Lejean from Seven Dust, Brian Head Welsh from Corn, Elias from Nonpoint, Mikey from Islander, Sonny from POD, and Rich Ward from Fozzie, 
and Stuck Mojo, just to name a few. Check out Good Company on any social media outlet under Good Company with Bowling or go to www.scottgoodcompany.com. And finally, Boku Superfoods, the purest, most potent and delicious certified organic kosher and vegan superfood blends on the planet. Boku Superfood is changing the game for thousands of people in 65 countries with their incredible formulated powders that you just add any liquid to and make the healthiest drinks or smoothies in the world. Just go to bokusuperfood.com. That's B-O-K-U superfood.com. Look for the three-pack trial. Enter the promo code Barry at checkout. Just pay a minimal shipping fee and get a full week's supply of Boku Superfood for free. I guarantee you'll look and feel better and understand why Boku is the number one family-owned superfood company in the world. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get all the money. Drop that fancy car. All the people love you. You're going for. Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave Down in the valley Fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to barrykatz.com. Before you leave, Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.